What if I told you that your life could be completely transformed through meditation? Welcome to Meditate on This, an inspiring podcast where I share true life stories of people whose lives have been completely transformed through meditation. I am your host, Angela Accomando, and I can't wait to go on this journey with you. So welcome today. I'm excited to have Dave Delarosa on the podcast today as my guest. Dave is actually many things. One of the things <laughs> is he's a detective in the town I live in, and Dave is also a coach. So welcome, Dave. I'm so excited to have you on. Dave was the person who, when I said, I've really been wanting to do a podcast for a while, and we had coffee together, he said, you have one week. I'm going to, I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit you up in one week. This podcast better be going. So he really lit a fire under me. So Uh, thank you, Dave. And it shows how important (laughs) it is to connect with like-minded people. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for inviting me on. This is, this is exciting. Um, It's, it's the start of something that, you know, I, I hope is going to get out there and inspire people. And I'm really happy for you. I'm glad you got this started, Angela. Thank you. Yeah. So I always start off with asking my guests, what brought you to meditation? Hmm. Well, it was something that um, I'll go back a few years. So one of, like you said before, one of the many things that I do is I work in law enforcement, but I'm also a coach with health, and, mostly a health and fitness background, but then I transitioned into being more of a health and a life coach as well. And in that transition, um, I found the seminar called uh, the Millionaire Mind Intensive. At that seminar, I met someone who I connected with. He ended up being a coach, and he helped me through the process of, of learning entrepreneurship, learning about business, learning things like that. And he introduced me, he said, to these tools of meditation, of visualization, of journaling, and I never meditated before. So I never even, I never even understood what it meant or how to do it. Or, you know, like everybody else, you think that meditation is about just quieting the mind, but we know how, you know, that doesn't really happen, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, I, I started with guided meditation in the beginning, and I still do those, but now it's transitioning. Now it's, it's, it's moving on. But to answer your question, um, I started it with my coach, and then I transitioned from there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It was something so, that was introduced to me. It was something that I didn't know about that I needed to do. But once I started doing it, I realized I did need to do it. So it's like your coach kind of prescribed it to you. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and then so what was the first type of meditation that, you, that he had you do? See, that's interesting because he didn't really um, – pushed me in the direction of what meditation to do. I asked mm-hmm. him, he's like, well, it wasn't really too descriptive on what I should do. I mean, um, so I had to go out on my own. So mm-hmm. I did some searching on my own and I came across um, the six phase meditation with Mind Valley. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Because it was, I knew I had to do something that was guided because I didn't really know the mechanisms of doing it. And once you start doing the reading about it, it's like there's so many different ways of meditating, so many Mm -hmm. different practices of meditation, the breathing, different types of breathing meditations, all all this stuff, you know, eyes open, eyes closed, sitting down, whatever, different types of meditations that you can do. And so I wanted to start with something that I knew would just 
guide me in the right direction. So I started with that and I like the pacing of it. I like the different phases. I like the visualization part of it. And I like how it just gets me from start to finish and I don't have to like figure it out for myself. Mm, so you do uh, like you do mostly like a guided meditation? For the most part, yeah. Ah, yes, okay. I do. Yeah. And so how do you, how has meditation changed your life or has uh, it? Yeah. Uh, it's had a profound effect on me. Mm. Um, personally, I've been able to become more calm. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. I mm -hmm. mean, um, if I talk a little bit about my background in law enforcement, you know, we deal with things as they come, right? You know, like I said before, it can be, it could be calm for a while and then it can explode and many different things can happen all at once. Mm -hmm. And it could be stressful situations that I'm getting myself into. And then how do I separate that from when I come home and I got to mm -hmm. deal with my family mm -hmm. and then all these thoughts in your head. And oh, then over time, you know, I've been going on 18 years now in law enforcement. And then over time, most people develop this cynical view of the world thinking that everybody is the same. Mm -hmm. All these things go on everywhere. And so, these, th these things started to happen to me. And it's a good thing that I had a business on the side of coaching because I see there's a whole nother side of the world that don't think like that. that this, mm -hmm. you know. And so I said, you know what? Um, when I started to meditate, I started to separate myself from that life. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so I, I realized I can, get, I can become calm. I can detach from those thoughts and have the thoughts that I want to have. And that affected my life in many different ways with my family. I wasn't as angry or, or jumpy or I'm hot tempered or, you know, because I started to become aware. I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing with meditation for me is the increase in my self-awareness Yeah. of knowing what thoughts are coming in and to be able to analyze them and choose whether or not I want to accept them as my own. Ah. That's so powerful right there because, yeah. you know, people who know my history and the things I've gone through and they're like, oh, how are you so happy or so peaceful? And you said it right there. It's like the awareness of here comes this thought. What are we going to do with it? There, there's a choice. Are we going to sink in and allow it to overtake us? Or are we going to say, you know, hi, thanks, but, you know, I'm not really, I'm not, and, you know, getting into that thought, I'm not going to let it overtake me. Mm -hmm. And I remember speaking to you, you said something really profound one time. You said, you know, as a police officer and you're a detective, so you're really seeing the worst of the worst and going deep down into the rabbit hole of what happened with cases. Right. And you said, you know, a person's worst day, like their most traumatic day is your every day. Correct. And that was re like that really stayed with me because when I did my meditation teacher training, our um, end of the year project was to do a TEDx talk. And mine was that I really wanted to bring meditation to officers, which I have not even tried to pursue. I mean, it's as you know, it's a hard thing just to even get the people at the top to even remotely think mm -hmm. about something like that. Um, well, that's, but that's, I'm still that could be a project for you and I to put together because uh, that needs to get done. It does. It does. We definitely have to figure that out. So, you know, and, and being an officer and a detective is traumatic. It's something that people don't talk about. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that the meditation has helped you with the trauma of your job and the things you see, the things you, the disturbing, 
like highly disturbing things that you come across. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because again, being self-aware with thoughts in your mind, I'm able to detach myself emotionally from a situation. Mm -hmm. I think where the general public sees what we do, they don't know um, what we see every day. And they see it one time on the news or one time, maybe God forbid in their family, they may have seen a traumatic situation, but like you said, it's something that we see on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so to not get caught up in that, um, number one, I mean, we have in the law enforcement community, there's a sick sense of humor that only yeah. others in law enforcement <laughs> can get. <laughs> right. So that's one way of dealing with it. Honestly, it is. Uh -huh. But then when I started to do meditation, I, was able to detach from those thoughts um, and leave them where they are at work and not bring them anywhere else with me. Mm -hmm. So it, it gave me the ability to, um, to know myself, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, and being a detective, right? I guess it's part of me. So whenever I learn something new, I have to like go deep into it. I have mm -hmm. to research, I gotta do, read this, read that, keep going into it and learning about what meditation is and what it is not. And the more I educated myself on what it is, the more effect it's had on me. Mm. Right? Yeah, I love the science behind meditation. Because if you're doing anything, you have to learn the mechanism of how it works yeah. before you can appreciate what it does. Yeah. And so when I, um, and I, I think I told you before, but I, I've been reading a lot and doing a lot of, um, watching the videos of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Yes. I, love, I love how he describes meditation in, in the old Tibetan language. What it means is to know thyself. Mm. And so when I meditate, I get to understand what are the triggers that make me angry? What are the things that make me upset or sad or things that I don't want to have in my life? The emotions I don't want to have. Understand where they're coming from. And then during meditation is I'm detaching myself from that. So yeah. as he says it, you're pruning the neurological connection yeah. the brain to the emotion and you're separating from that way of being and over time is how i've been able to grow into this person that i am today yeah because detached it, yeah mm -hmm. because if i didn't then all those things that i go through at work would have still affected me yeah affected my family it would have affected other ways of other areas of my life yeah right. detachment i know for myself that has been for me it was a real practice. I don't know if you were able to kind of pick it up quickly, but for me, it was a real practice, but it's been really profound in my life when it comes to just like really having a transformation and being able to just navigate through life without being so reactive to everything. Yes. You know, and people ask me, you know, because they knew me before and they knew I was really reactive, really hot tempered, you know, all of these things you're saying about yourself. It's like, yeah, that was me too. Yeah. And when I try to explain to them, you know, it's, it's, that is the key is the detachment. And we don't realize how many things we are attached to in our lives. Yeah. Yeah, you, definitely. And that's because, and again, during the research, this is what I, I've come to learn and understand is that most of us are living in an unconscious program. Mm -hmm. We're living a program of, of how we've been raised, yes. the things that we've been taught from our parents, from our teachers, from our siblings, from our friends, 
from what we watch on TV and, and media, right? And so as we grow up, we, we experience these different things and think that that's a part of us. That's who we are. That's who we've become to be. But that's an unconscious program. Yeah. And until you start meditating and understanding how your mind works, that's the point that you're able to detach from that and realize, hey, you know what? That's a program and it doesn't have to be me. Yeah. That's what somebody else is living and I don't have to live somebody else's program. So when I ask the question, what is the greatest ideal of myself that I want to be? Then possibilities, possibilities start coming up. Then ideas start mm -hmm. coming up. And then I can choose to be who I want to be and not yeah. just unconsciously act from a program. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when, um, when my teacher Hector was breaking down, like even the detachment that we have with our bodies, right. Which I'm, I'm realizing even at a higher level, like now as I'm getting older, I turned 40 last year and I'm starting to see the wrinkles and the skin. Right. And I'm like, wow, I'm realizing how attached I am to this body. And I remember he said to me like, where, where is Angela? And I'm like, well, I'm here. And he's like, yeah, but what part of you is you? Mm. Right. And you really like, I don't know if anyone's ever asked you that, but I'm like, um, and he's like, you know, he's like, I'm going to get a little graphic, but like, what if we like cut you up in different parts and we sprinkled you all over different States, mm -hmm. where would you be? And you know, that's what made me really realize that, you know, I am not this body. Right. And that's what helped me to begin to detach from, you know, sometimes the detachment, I know for some close people around me, it scares them, mm. you know, the detachment, you know, um, but that is really where the most powerful changes in life lies. Oh, yeah. Is, is that detachment of, and when you go down, I know for me, and I'm sure this is for everyone, if they really did it you realize all these things you're attached to, you know? Yes. And like the first thing is like, we'll try to get rid of something and see what happens. And then you'll see how you, how attached you are to it, you know? Yeah, and I, sure. remember, I remember um, one time I asked my son to make a U-turn to turn my car on in the street and he completely banged the corner. And I mm. saw him do it and I was like, oh, wow, look at that big bang. I'm not gonna ask him to do a U-turn in my car anymore. And my landlord was like, I think your son just smashed your car. And I was like, yeah, I know. I saw it. And I think he was like, he was looking at me like, how is she not freaking out? I'm not attached <laughs> to the car. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a powerful change. Right. And yes. you're, you're understanding how, you know what, you, you don't have to be attached to that. And, and wow, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So what, um, how did you make meditation an everyday thing? Or are you still working on that? Yeah. So I had to be, so one thing for me, and if one of the questions you, um, to answer your question to help other people is two things. I would say educate yourself mm -hmm. on meditation, get somebody who's a, who's a meditation teacher or learn from somebody that you connect with. Mm -hmm. Right. And educate yourself on, what meditation is and how it can it help you. The other thing for me is how I, how I started to do it every day and make it a practice was two things. One, I heard, oh man, uh, Emily Fletcher. 
Mm, never Emily Fletcher. Yeah, she's a meditation teacher. And she says something that stuck with me. She goes, if you get up in the morning, you, want, you take a shower and you, before you go to work, right? You shower every day before you go to work. Well, you're showering to clean your body. Meditation is kind of like taking a shower for your mind before you leave your body. You wouldn't leave, you wouldn't leave the house with a dirty mind, right? You have to clean your mind before you, you go out to, into your day. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. That. I like yeah. that. So if you're not taking a shower for your mind, then you're going out into the world with that unclean mind. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. The second thing for me is um, allowing myself to be flexible with mm. it. Because I think a lot of people start meditating and then they stop because something happens in the morning, they got to go, they have this going on, they're rushing here, they're rushing there. But I start to become flexible with it and allow myself to say, all right, my goal is to do it every morning because that's when the brain waves are at a, at a state where you can really enter the subconscious mind, right? But if I don't get to it, then it's okay. I'll do it at night before I go to bed mm. because that's another time in the day where your brain waves reach a certain point where you can access the subconscious mind in your meditations. So with that flexibility of being able to, all right, if I don't get it done in the morning, I could do it at night. If, if, if I get it done in the morning, great. So that flexibility has been able to allow me to, um, to be okay with, all right, at least I'm getting it done mm -hmm. throughout the day at some point, And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I'm sure with the type of job you have, you have to be flexible because you could get a call that something yeah. major happened and you have to go down to investigate it. Right. right. Now, yeah, you know, it happens all the time, right? Yeah. Um, now, would you do has meditating helped you get insight on cases that you're working on as a, as a detective? Hmm. I would say not directly, mm -hmm. but in a, in, in a roundabout way, it has. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll explain it this way. It has given me the, the faculties and the ability to slow my thinking process down. Mm. And, and really get a fuller picture of everything happening in the case. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So sometimes I would just be driven into all right, the evidence, the, the witnesses, the video, the, the, everything I need to get in. For, but then I, when I know how to slow myself down, get into my breathing and get into my, my thoughts for a second, I can broaden my view and see everything from a, from a bird's eye view instead of being down here. Mm. Instead of being just single-minded focus of just figuring out the case and, and getting the guy locked up or, or whatever the case is, to really back it up and saying, all right, what else is going on here? Yeah. What else am I missing? What else? Why is this happening this way? Like I start to ask myself deeper questions. And when I ask these questions and I communicate with other people working on the case, more ideas come up, yes. more things happen for me. I'm like, oh, okay, we, we need to approach this. We need to go look into this a little more and dig into this. So yeah, in, in, in that way, is, is giving me the ability to know how to slow down, know how to access my thoughts, and know how to really see things from a different perspective. 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why, um, you know, I have this, this desire to bring it to law enforcement because, you know, to, to, to share with everyone in a roundabout way, Dave and I went to school together, but never really talked. He was quiet. I was loud. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, we, we knew each other. And then a family member, something happened to a close family member of mine. And so he was on that family member's case. And going through that process helped me really see the frustration, all the gray areas that judges, lawyers, police officers, detectives, you know, everyone that's coming on to any kind of case, what they're going through. And it's really hard to know what you're really dealing with because, you know, people are only going to show you what they want you to see. Right. You don't really, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out a huge puzzle with like maybe two or three puzzle pieces, but there's really like 120 puzzle pieces to a situation. And, um, you know, that was one of the biggest reasons that still one of my biggest reasons that I want to bring into law enforcement is many things like one for their own mental health. You know, it's something we're not talking about. It's like these people, officers, detectives, you know, they are the firemen, you know, EMT, they're going through traumatic things on a daily basis, but we're not helping them deal with that trauma. And it doesn't just go away. It's with you, you know? And then the other reason is for what you said is like, it's helped you learn to stop, take a step back and really see like, well, what do I need to do in this case? And that's so important because life is not black and white. Mm-hmm. You know, really, real life lies in that gray area. And um, that that is my, you know, main intention to bring it to law enforcement is for their own health. And then also to help them better approach the cases that they're coming across because. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you now for sure. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because it was during your case or that case with your family member that um, really shifted my focus too in my cases. Mm. And I think in law enforcement, what needs to happen is there needs to be a greater understanding and appreciation for how other people live their lives mm-hmm. and how other people think. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it's not black and white. It's not us versus them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, we're humans. We're, we're, we're souls having a human experience and everybody's yeah. experiencing it different ways. Yeah. And so when we as a profession of law enforcement can understand that, well, then we can have better communication with the people that we deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think that is the key there for us in law for to have this, to bridge this gap, because right now there's a big divide Yes. A- across this country of us versus them, of, mm-hmm. of people hating law enforcement. And it's, yeah. it's horrible and it's, it's dangerous for us. You know, it's, it sucks how sometimes I'm in a situation, a social situation, and when the the you know, conversation comes up, oh, what do you do for work? I slow down sometimes. And sometimes I just say I'm a coach. Yeah. Eventually I will be full time. But you know, it's hard when I don't, I can't say I'm in law enforcement just because I don't know where this person's been or what this person's mm. thought of law enforcement is. Wow, they that's may, a good point. They, they may hate cops. They may. So now I'm in a social gathering and somebody knows I'm a cop and they hate cops. I'm like, 
it's, it's, it starts to be like a little tightness in the chest. Now I got to be aware of, of mm. what's going on in the room. And I don't like feeling that way. It's, yeah. And that's, that's something that happens to a lot of people. And that's not talked about either. Wow. Um, people are not aware of that. So yeah. in social gatherings, I know a lot of guys who say, oh, I, I work at sanitation or I do this or I do that. And they try to change the subject to something else. And, and wow. It's, yeah. It, it's, um, it sucks to, to, not, to not be in a position where you can speak about your profession and be proud of it because you don't know mm. how the other person is going to react. Wow. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could bring law enforcement and the community together through meditation? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I'm hey, going to, we got to hold that podcast, vision. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and look where we are. Yeah. Where yeah. We, we got to hold that vision because yeah. meditation is a powerful tool. I mean, it's what got me through one of the hardest things in my life. Yeah. And as I interview people, it's interesting how, you know, some people came to meditation through their doctor prescribed it, right? Because they had a history of, um, you know, drug abuse. And the doctor was like, I don't want to put you on medication because of your history, go and meditate, you know, or just like you said, like your coach. So when you coach people, mm -hmm. is meditation part of what you make them do? Um, see, I, I coach from a different different perspective. I have different modes of how I work with people. I like to coach from insight. Mm. And so when I coach people, it's, it's helping them live into a better question mm -hmm. as opposed to giving them the answer. Mm -hmm. So I, I guide them along the path and allow them to come up with the answer themselves. Because if I give you the answer, mm -hmm. yeah, it may sound good, and it may work for me, it may work for other people, but it may not work for you. Mm -hmm. But I, if I give you a better question, I ask you a better question, and you come up with the answer yourself, mm -hmm. well, then it sticks with you because it's sight from within. It's you getting the answers from your own wisdom as opposed mm -hmm. to getting it from me. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that more people need to meditate. <clears throat> mm -hmm. But if I force it on somebody, well, then it's going to be like work. Then it's going to be like, I'm, I'm you know, I'll give you a perfect example. When I started doing it, I tried to help my wife with, with, you know, bringing meditation into her life. And as much as she wanted to try, like it was coming from a place of me forcing it on her. Yeah. And she wasn't, it was not, it was not registering. She was not, you know, it's not, it wasn't coming from a place of why she needed to do it for herself. Mm -hmm. And when she realized eventually through her own inner knowing that, hey, this really does work for me, and this is why, then she starts to do it for herself. So how do you think your coach got you to meditate? Is it just because you were open and you were willing or? Yeah, for sure. I was, I was willing because I was at the point where I was willing to, because I'm, I'm very coachable. I mean, being mm -hmm. an athlete all my life, knowing how the coaching profession works in many different ways, life coaching or sports coaching, I'm like, all right, I'm a student. I want to learn. What do I have to do? Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, if that's the case, this is what you need to do. I said, mm -hmm. okay, that's what I'll do. So it, it all depends on the individual, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the individual has to be, like you said, open and willing to be a student and always be a student and learn and ask the question. And as a man, I know that's tough for a lot of men out there to, 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 to hear that, but guys, it's okay. Mm -hmm. We don't have to know everything. Mm -hmm. And I like to say, I, I, I've heard somebody say this, one of our coaches say years ago, everything is figureoutable, right? 
But I like to add another piece to that. Everything is figureoutable as long as you're willing to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that you don't know in life. And it's okay to ask, hey, how did you get to this place? How do, how do I need to get to this place? Mm-hmm. Now find a mentor. Find somebody who's been there before. Find a teacher. Can you help me with this? Mm-hmm. How do I do that? And then be open and willing to learn. And that's mm-hmm. how you grow. Yeah. And so did your coach give you the meditation or your coach was just like, go find a meditation and then you found it? Yeah. At, at first I found it um, through his program. He, they did have one um, that they just talked about. It wasn't, I, I wasn't getting it, his, his way of doing it. Um, it was more of sitting in silence mm-hmm. um, and trying to just connect and, and with the breath. Like, wrote the breath and everything, mm-hmm. but it wasn't directing my thought focus to a certain place. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do my meditations, I like to direct my thoughts and, and have my awareness on a certain thought to be able to know where it's coming from and appreciate it. And then I do different types of guided meditations too. I do, um, I sit in a, in, a, in, a, in a state where I allow ideas to come to me as opposed to trying to direct my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I do it different ways. But uh, to answer your question, he did try to direct me to, to his, but it just wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that yeah. you share that because that's where I think people get stuck is they have a friend or they go to a class or they find something and they're like, this isn't working. And that's like my biggest thing that I tell people is like, well, keep going. There's mm-hmm. a million ways to meditate. Yeah. Figure out which one works for you. Is it a mantra? Is it guided? Is it the breath? Is it Vipassana? You know, mm-hmm. there's so many things out there. Is it something as simple as just counting the breath? You know, like just make it fun and work with it. So I like that you shared that story of, yeah, it was presented to me. I was open, but what was presented to me didn't work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so then how did you come across the one that worked? So I found, I believe it was on YouTube, I found, um, again, uh, the six-phase meditation with Mind Valley, And then I found that Mind Valley had an app called Omvana. And I like theirs because you can change. You, there's many different ones in there, many different mm-hmm. guided meditations on there. So there's many different teachers on there. And you get to hear different teachers on the app. And you can also, as they're speaking to you and guiding you through the meditation, you can change the ambient sound in the background. You can change the music. So you can mix and match those any way you want to. Or you can just have the music by itself and nobody guiding you and take yourself on your own journey through meditation. So I like the, the, the variety that it has in there. And that has been able to help me stay consistent with my meditation every day. Mm. With, through, it's through that app. Um, because again, there's a multitude of different teachers on there. So it's not just, you know, the, the, the Mind Valley teachers is different, different. So you could switch it up. Yeah. 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 That's the other thing that I think people don't get is they think, well, if I learn this and this is what I have to do now to the day I die. And it's like, no, have fun with it. You know, have fun with your mind, see what this one does, see what that one does. I mean, I'm like you, I do, I do do a lot with the breath, but depending on what I'm going through, um, you know, my teacher has taught us many different forms of meditation. So sometimes I'm like, 
oh, I'm going to work on this one for more compassion or for more love. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I know when I, for myself, when I go into meetings that I, I know someone here is going to piss me off. Someone here is going to trigger me. You know, I will make sure I do a loving kindness meditation. So that way I'm walking into that situation with love towards those people and I see them as angels and what are they going to teach me today through being pissed off, you know? Mm. Um, so I love that. I mean, this is really great advice for people to hear because I really do think this is where people get stuck is I try this one thing. I, I don't really like it. It's not working for me. So I love the fact that it was like something was brought to you. You were open that's not working. I'm going to find what works for me. And then I'm going to have fun with it because yeah. I think also people don't connect meditation with fun, mm. you know, and it's like, it all lies in the mind, you know, like we can have fear and anxiety. Where is that coming from? It's all in the mind. Yeah. Or we could have like happiness and passion and all kinds of other amazing things that serve a bigger purpose that can get us to a better place in life. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing too is like, what did it for me, and this just works for me, and I, and I think this may work for a lot of people as well, is once you know how and why something works, mm -hmm. then you will appreciate it more. So that's why when I went back and did the research on, oh, well, why does this work? What is it doing for me? How, how is it working? What's the mechanism behind it? and I had an understanding of it, then I'm like, oh, that's why it works. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I just, need, I just have to get myself to the point where I'm doing it enough and consistently enough for it to work, for it to mm -hmm. take over. And, and again, that goes back to my willingness to be a student and to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Mm -hmm. You see, a lot of people don't have that mindset of, most people say, oh yeah, I've tried it before, it doesn't work for me. And I come from the mindset of, I will do it until I figure it out. I will do whatever it takes to make it happen. And there's a very different mindset in those two thought processes. But when I coach people and I say, when people say they're going to try something, they're already giving mental recognition to defeat. Mm -hmm. Because, because they're saying they tried something, they can, they can, they can save face but they can, because they can tell their friend, oh, I tried it before, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. but they've done something they think, but they've never done it to the point where they actually succeeded or did whatever it takes, no matter what failure, whatever, whatever comes in their way, they're going to do it. So they mm -hmm. succeed. When most people say they're going to try something, the first sign of failure, they're going to quit. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they can say, Oh, at least I tried it. I failed, but I tried it. But when you actually do whatever it takes and says, I'm going to do this no matter what, then you're going to go through failure, through failure, through failure, through failure, mm -hmm. until finally you figure it out. Mm -hmm. And most people are not just not willing to do that. But yeah. I am. I yeah. am. That's why I've gotten to this point. Quote, unquote, failure is always up. Yes. Did I freeze? Um, yeah. You... Oh, sorry. I said, quote, unquote, failure is a part of any process. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not a place to. Most people think that you have if you have a line, right? And you have one end here and one end here. Most people think that if, if success is here, failure is here. And they want to be, they want to do whatever it takes to get to success and avoid failure. Yeah. They want to get to success, but avoid failure. Mm -hmm. But they have it wrong. 
if success is here and failure is here, they're beginning over here. Mm -hmm. So you have to get through failure to get it to success. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what um, books or resources would you recommend if people want to learn the science behind the mind and meditation and why it works and how it works? Okay. So I have three. Okay. In terms of resources, I have, um, I would say, if you want to begin meditating on a step-by-step process, um, the Omvana app for me has been invaluable um, because there's a step-by-step process. There is a day one, day two, and it breaks it down on how and what you need to do and think about as you're going through it. Mm-hmm. And then I, rec- I would recommend two other books. And the reason why I recommend these books is that they're not so much about med- The first one is not so much about meditation, but what's important about this book is that this book was what helped me change the way I think. Mm. And it's called uh, the code of the extraordinary mind mm. by Vishen Lakiani. And he talks about different ways, you know, societies are set up and how we we're set up to think and how we we're thinking from a program and how to break that program and, and how to, you know, just different things. And it just allowed me to see things from a different perspective and really opened my eyes to how the world works and how the mind can work. So that's one book I would recommend. And the second book I would recommend that I'm almost done getting through right now, I got through the audio version and I like to get through the audio and the physical version because I get to, to sink it in a little bit deeper. Mm is a Dr. Joe Dispenza book, mm. um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm. And so that book goes through three different phases, three different parts. And he breaks down in the different parts how the brain and mind work, um, how meditation works, and then he gives you at the end the max, actual meditation process. Mm. So I'm at the point right now where he describes how meditation is knowing yourself and understanding what things come up for you emotionally that make you feel a certain way. And then it help you eliminate those and, and prune off those neurological connections. And then the second part of that is how to cultivate yourself, mm. how to allow your thoughts to go into the quantum field and allow the infinite possibilities to come into you and to bring in the person that you really want to be. Love that. So there's a process of asking yourself a question <clears throat> in the morning and just not answering the question, allowing the universe to bring that answer to you. Mm. And, and, that, and getting back to your point earlier, when you mentioned the idea of people who don't want to change because they're so stuck in that life of wanting to be familiar. They love the familiar mm-hmm. and they're scared of the unknown. Mm-hmm. But when they come to understand that in that unknown is where infinite possibilities can happen. Yeah. And you can have the life you want in that unknown, then you can choose to embrace it. Yeah. Wow. So you gave us tons of great, great stuff to sit and actually meditate on. (laughs) Um, So tell listeners where they can find you. And if they wanted to be coached by you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. Thank you for that. And um, you can find me on Facebook at Dave De La Rosa, um, or you can email me at Coach Dave. 204 at gmail.com and you can uh, put that in the, in the notes if you want mm-hmm. but yeah I can you can email me coachdave204 at gmail.com I'd love to speak with you love to see how we can help each other out and um, 
Yeah, thank you for this. This has been amazing. And Instagram too. Yes, on Instagram too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it all in the yes. show notes, but find me on there too. Instagram. Yeah, I, I share some stories, um, some things with my family, some workout stuff, some mindset stuff. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on there too. Yeah, it's inspiring the Instagram. You guys are great with working out. I'm always like, one day I'm gonna get there. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love watching you and D, your wife. You guys are great, and I love how your daughter's oh, so getting much. involved. It's so cute and so great and i hope it inspires other parents to get exercising with their kids on top of you know on top of meditating too yeah. so thank you so much for your time today for and sure. um i really appreciate all of the wisdom that you gave us today it was really really great thank you so much for having me and i hope that this resonates with people and yeah let's let's keep that vision angela let's keep that vision of of connecting and growing and, and um, improving souls one person at a time. Because I agree with you, I feel like this meditation and it's a different way of thinking will help those in law enforcement and any other, any other first responder profession mm -hmm. to see things differently mm -hmm. and to connect, to make that connection with other human beings differently. Yeah. And when we do that, we can, we can um, improve the relationships worldwide. Yeah. Thanks for having Powerful me so much. Change. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah. so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to Meditate on this podcast. I hope you were inspired today. If you're not a subscriber, go ahead and subscribe so you'll be notified of every story as they're shared. I would be so grateful if you left a review, rated it, and shared it with a friend. This helps bring these inspiring messages to more people in the world. And if you'd like to bring more peace and happiness into your life and you're interested in starting a meditation practice, make sure you join my free meditation challenge. You can sign up for it at meditateonthispodcast.com or there's a link in the show notes below. For daily inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Angela Accomando. Have a wonderful day. And remember, there's transformation through meditation. Ciao for now.